0: Hi everybody, it's Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Is sitting really the new smoking? I mean, I'm sure you've seen the social media post about this, but is it really a huge risk factor for your health and longevity? Well, I found a fascinating paper that was recently published in the European Society of Cardiology by the Prospective Physical Activity Sitting and Sleep Consortium on how sitting or really sedentary behaviors impacts our heart health and overall well-being. And yes, there is a consortium on this topic. The goal of the study was to examine how physical activity and sedentary behaviors collectively impact what's called adiposity or You can think of it as body fat percentage, cardiometabolic risk factors like cardiovascular disease, obesity, diabetes, which are the leading causes of death in the world. The study meticulously categorized physical behaviors into five key areas, sleep, sedentary behaviors like sitting and standing, light intensity physical activity like purposeful walking, and moderate to vigorous physical activity, like running, cycling, fast walking, this is what you may think of as like normal exercise, which we know directly impacts inflammatory, metabolic, and cardiovascular mechanisms, which positively impact our health. Now, most of this time, this stuff is studied in isolation. What these authors wanted to do was they wanted to examine them together, So the majority of current public health information from the World Health Organization or the United States Department of Health and Human Services focus solely on physical activity and sedentary behavior. There is a clear need for better empirical evidence to support 24-hour guidelines, like what does your 24-hour day look like and how is it split up amongst these five things, which encompasses daily sleep, sedentary behavior, activity, intensity, and volume. This study overcame those limitations using harmonized individual level data from six studies with thigh-worn accelerometry and a unified approach to derive 24-hour movement behaviors. The author's aims was to examine the associations between compositions of 24-hour movement behaviors and six cardiometabolic outcomes. Now, using all of this data, they were able to then model the impact of reallocating time from one behavior to another. So what would happen if you went from sitting to standing and how would it affect certain things? Now, this is a comprehensive analysis involving over 15,000 participants across five countries. I mentioned that they wore thigh-worn accelerometry. Now, why? Because it's highly accurate at measuring time-wake behaviors. It's really good at distinguishing between like sitting, standing, and sleeping, like sometimes my Apple watch thinks I'm sitting when I'm really standing because my wrist is kind of sitting on the desk. So that can get annoying. And if anybody has an Apple watch, it's telling you to stand up and you're like, uh, I'm standing up. So again, they looked at sedentary behavior, which they categorized as sitting and standing sleep, light physical activity, like purposeful walking or when you go going to walk around the block and moderate to vigorous physical activity. They measured people across 24 hour periods of time. Then they looked at body mass index, which is height and weight, which is like it's a composition of height and weight, which is an indicator of adiposity. Now, it has its limitations because you could be super muscular and not very tall and it's going to say you're obese. But generally speaking, for big population studies like this, it's a good measure. They also looked at waist circumference and cardiometabolic biomarkers like HDL, total to HDL ratio, triglycerides, hemoglobin A1C for diabetes. So let's kind of break down what they found. This research had some startling insights into the effects of prolonged sitting. And I'm gonna put a link to the paper in the show notes. You can go dive into this much deeper, but I wanna give you kind of a high level overview. The greater proportion of time spent in sedentary behavior was associated with a higher BMI. So the more time you just stood like, like sat or stood like did nothing, Higher BMI. Conversely, and just as strong as a correlation, was doing more moderate to vigorous physical activity, low intensity physical activity, standing or sleeping. And that was associated with a lower BMI. So if you did anything other than just sitting, they even parsed it down to the sitting part. If you exercise, brisk walk, stood, or slept more compared to sitting less, you had a lower BMI. It's crazy. If you reallocated 30 minutes of sitting for standing, sleep, low intensity physical activity, or exercise, you had a significantly lower BMI with the minimum daily behavior change being 7.2 minutes. 7.2 minutes was all it took to lower your BMI of not sitting, getting your rear end up and standing. That's crazy the same relationship for changes in waist circumference existed. So if you just stood more, and here's the deal, it was just a five minute minimal change that was required. So if you stood five more minutes a day, you had a lower waist circumference. And if you stood seven more minutes a day, 7.2, you had a lower BMI. Real quick, let's strike a gentleman's agreement. If our podcast has added value to your life, take a moment to subscribe and drop a rating. It's like a handshake in the podcast world. Simple and meaningful. What do you think? Do we have a deal? Now let's talk about cardiometabolic profiles. What's alarming is the strong correlation the study found between high amounts of sedentary behavior and increased risk of heart disease, diabetes, obesity and even certain types of cancer. For instance, individuals with higher sedentary time showed significantly worse cardiometabolic profiles. Conversely, the study found that even modest increases in moderate to vigorous physical activity can lead to substantial health benefits. The research indicates that allocating even 30 more minutes a day to just MVPA, can dramatically improve these health biomarkers. This is like separate of changing your diet. You could change your triglycerides or HDL just by exercising a little bit more. So how do we integrate this into our lives? Well, here are some simple but effective strategies. Number one, if you can not afford it or your workplace will purchase it, get a standing desk. Opt for short and frequent walking breaks. Sometimes I just walk around my office for a couple minutes while I take a phone call. That's something new I've been doing, by the way, is instead of doing Zoom calls, I do an old school phone call and I go outside if the weather works, cooperates, or I just pace around my room. Choose the stairs over an elevator. Something called exercise snacks. Every 30 minutes, do some squats or wall push-ups. Every 90 minutes, go take a 10-minute walk break. Deliberate exercise. And walking 8,800 steps a day, which we've talked about in the past is kind of like this threshold for reducing the risk of all-cause mortality, cardiovascular disease, is one of the best ways to improve the quality of your life in your lifespan. This paper is a call to action for all of us to think about our daily routines. Remember, every step counts. Every movement counts. Five minutes can change your body. So stay active keep moving. And yes, sitting is the new smoking. Thank you for joining me today as we explored how movement impacts your health. And if you need help with your exercise plan and tracking movement and slowly increasing your steps, check out the AIM7 app. We've got an amazing breakdown in the app of moderate to vigorous physical activity, how many strength sessions you're getting, steps per day, all of the key things that you would need to track and measure, and then also a plan to improve them to improve your health. So check it out. The link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you on the next episode.